0: football media day on BYU Sports Nation, a two-hour special featuring an A-list guest lineup.
1: Kalani Sataki and Sione Takitaki will preview the upcoming season, plus NFL players Fred Warner and Jamal Williams are in the house. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on
0: how he defines the current state of BYU football, the Cougars' main goal as an independent,
2: and his pick for starting quarterback. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on BYU Football Media Day. This is your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, June 22nd, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us on BYU TV. BYU Radio, somewhere online, ESPN3 slash ESPN. We're all over the place. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the head coach of Countdown to Kickoff, Jerem Jordan.
1: I'm happy to be here, uh, but I'm not content. This is a great day. We get a lot of good information, a lot of good insight. We're going to be here for an extra hour, two-hour edition of the show. We just watched State of the Program. We had some fantastic web chats, more of those coming. Cougars in the NFL later, a full day of just BYU football. And it's June, man. We are in the desert, and this is an oasis in the desert for everybody. So enjoy the day. Can't wait for this program today.
0: Yeah, drink up. Drink from the football fire hose,
1: if you will. I've never tried to drink from a fire hose, but I wouldn't (laughs) recommend it. Like, I don't think that's a sound idea.
0: We are 102,240 minutes, 1,704 hours, and exactly this many days from the BYU football season opener in Tucson, Arizona.
1: Countdown to the Wildcats. 71. Yeah. That's right, Caron Butler. 71 days, baby. Jam-packed
0: media day show underway. Two hours, elite guest list, starting with the head football coach at BYU, Kalani Satake. We'll speak with him in just a few minutes. He'll be followed by the likes of his running backs coach, A.J. Stewart, does he have a leader in the clubhouse at that position? Shione Takitaki, BYU senior linebacker. How does he feel about the position change? The always entertaining Tristan Hodge. Jerram. I love Tristan
1: Hodge. He's my favorite Notre Dame transfer that currently plays BYU.
0: Entertaining <laughs> offensive lineman. Oh yeah, there's J. Swag Daddy Jamal Williams back. Second year running back for the Green Bay Packers. Ryan Pugh apparently thinks he's going to interview us. He's going to interview us. He's calling it "Flip the Script Day." He so he
1: was uh, bored coming into work, so he thought it was a good idea. We'll uh, we'll see where that goes.
0: Trevor Maddatz, ESPN College Football Insider, also on the program. And Fred Warner, one of the newest members of the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Ben Bagley doing work. Hey, look, here comes Kalani Sitake. He's going to walk in here. Watch this. Here he comes.
0: Ah, yes. And he may or may not be wearing the same exact shirt that we have on.
1: The Three Amigos, hey. the head coach, We're gonna do the thing is nope. back
0: in Studio B. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Since the nineties, yeah. Welcome. Th- this is this is always an exciting day, and this is your third uh, one. State of the program in the books. What do you yep. think so far, Ami? Oh,
3: I thought it went well. I mean, I, I want to have everyone meet our new players and get to know some of the guys that, that aren't that are going to be new to the roster, and also meet the new coaches. You know, so uh, kind of get a feeling. I think it's that right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. Not knowing those guys very well, and, uh, but they, they're they're a demanding group and, and they're, they're getting great response from the players.
0: We're not messing around, and you go from one microphone to the next.
3: Yeah, I'm out of breath, and um,
1: <laughs> we gave you no chance to rest. Get a drink.
3: Believe it or not, there are no stairs involved, and so I don't know why I'm breathing so hard. But uh, um, just
1: you've been working on strength as opposed to cardio, I think,
3: right? That's in it. the off season. That's it. Yeah. yeah, this this body's not built for endurance, and and miles so
1: You're a goal line fullback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's that's it. That's all I can do. I'm just <laughs> only, shades
1: of 2000 Virginia. Yeah,
3: and my my explosive movements are limited to just sneezing now. So wow. It. Yeah, it's yeah. quite the repertoire. I'm we trying not doing. to get hurt. I don't want to have surgeries like Preston Hadley said. <laughs> He's
1: rolling around <laughs> in a boot today. Yeah. I know,
3: and E gave him a little shot, so uh-huh. he broke his foot walking down the stairs, and so yeah, that's what happens when you get older. Welcome to the yeah, not well, even old. Welcome a real adulthood. Right? No, but it's a good reminder because these young guys, they think they can play basketball, Harvey Unga and all these guys. Harvey's then, got a game, though. I'll yeah, but, the, 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 I mean, Father Time will sneak up and they'll get hurt. And then it's, I, I'm going to be sitting there like the old guy, seeming wise, and say, see? That's why I don't do explosive <laughs> movements.
0: Yes. <laughs> Kalani Satake, the head football coach at BYU, with us on BYU Sports Nation. He's now caught his breath. Uh, let, <laughs> let's get back to uh, – Defining the state of the program, I'm always intrigued by this. If you could define the state of the BOA football program in a sentence or so, what would it be right now?
3: We have the best fan base, and and, and um, right now we're going through some adversity, and we'll find out what we're made of. You know, I, I um, my wife showed me this quote, and I think it's it's, it's really fitting. It's just uh, there's a lot of people that are underestimating us right now, and it's it's nice to know that they're not our fans. You know, and uh, but. From the outside, they, they are, and, and I think it's okay to be in this position. I think it's okay to have a chip on your shoulder and an axe to grind, all that stuff. I, if you find it a lot easier to motivate your players to, to prove something, um, and so we're we really excited to prove ourselves, and um, you know, and we understand people will underestimate us, and it'll be fun. This
1: day is a day where I think the first couple of years of BYU football media day, they wanted like big announcements, right? Mm-hmm. Today I it wasn't so much big announcements in the first says, you know what? We got to be better, we got to win. Is that kind of the message?
3: Yeah, just let's get down to business and get the work done and I think um since you know since we started the off season, it's been all just hard work and um I think that's the only way you really can respond. And not that we didn't work hard in the, the past two years, but I think we're just working differently. I I don't think you can keep doing the same things over and over again and expect it to get better and so we've changed up a lot of things and focused our guys differently and done a lot of research and, and just kind of look at different ways that we can improve. And um, the, the, what worked in the 90s and the 2000s don't work necessarily right now. Um, de- dealing with different kids and, and different, I mean, you know, our era didn't have iPads and all these these gizmos that you can talk about, but but that you have to work that part of technology part into what we do as a program yeah. and, and part of what the culture is. in in. You know, in society, so we have to mingle that with our, with what we do here as a school and our culture as a program and as as a as a football program, as well as what we try to get done with this, with being at BYU.
1: You mentioned change. Obviously, we know the offensive staff changed. So, what other changes are you referring to?
3: Well, just so we we've, we've done a lot of focus on nutrition. We're changing up our practice schedules. Uh, we we played um, a lot more physically in camp, but we weren't really. Um, we were aggressive and intense, but it wasn't over physical i think i think uh, the, the there's a focus on being such a physical camp because we've made the quarterbacks live right but um we have to get some work done and it's going to be a little uncomfortable in so many ways but um I, I think it's okay you can, un- when you're uncomfortable, you grow, and that's what we're trying to get done here and we've asked a lot of our players um we've asked them to sacrifice quite a bit, you know, not just time, but a lot of things that they're doing as far as academics and everything that's involved with their life. And we think that it all comes together. It all works. You work at being a better son and a better brother, and then it will have a reflection on you as a football player. So overall, just having our guys really connected with their coaches and, and our coaches being really demanding and having high expectations and then making sure they get there.
0: 2018 BYU football media day on BYU Sports Nation. We're with the BYU football head coach Kalani Satake. What are the goals and standards for BYU football in this stage of independence?
3: Well, so I, I made the statement that you know um, when we when I first got the job and, and, and talked to Tom. Tom made made a statement at the end of that bowl game. Every said that we had plans, and the plans were to be um, in a position where where we're where, um, we're we're Power Five type, right, and 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 uh, and I looked at the schedule, and the schedule scared some people about this job, but not me. It got me excited, right, and the future schedules and the, the opponents that Tom were, were talking about bringing on, and I thought that was, that's awesome, right. And I've been part of that when I was at Utah. We were in the Mountain West and moved into the into the Pac twelve, but we had a couple of years to kind of know that that was happening, and money was a big part of that budget and helped it help make things so much easier. Um, with BYU it's not going to be that way but it can be based on something that I think is a lot stronger which is um, our fan base our fan base is more power five than other power power five schools and it is something that's very special and I speak of that and with all of us we're all fans we grew up fans before we even were part of sports nation and and everything else and that that's something that's a driving force it's part of our life right and and so that's something we can build off of that with a with a schedule that matches it, and then we keep trending towards a power five type of expectation, and it's going to be a little it's going to be difficult, and it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable in some parts, and uh, we have to fix a few things along the way. But as long as we're our plans are being executed, and for what, what Tom and I have talked about in, the, in when we first talked about the job a couple years ago, we're trending that way. Now we just need to win games. That's that's, uh, that's a the that's the key, and I feel like. Uh, as long as we're trending the right direction and win games, I think it will be okay.
1: And that is certainly the bottom line, right, regardless of how tough or easy the schedule is. And I've talked about how I feel like playing too many Power Fives may be a detriment mm-hmm. to the program because you want to win 10 games, get ranked without a conference and whatnot. So I get, I'm the opposite. Yeah, I, I think yeah and I know the, you feel yeah. differently. Um, if BYU challenges itself too much and doesn't kind of ever finish ranked, Could that be more of a detriment than a strength in that way?
3: Well, it depends. I mean, You're uh, hoping to do it, of course. But I will never know where we're at as a program if we don't challenge ourselves. Um, And then you get a false sense of security if you just win, and then the expectations are to always win, and you're not really looking at the competition, right? I mean, I I could beat Will Ferrell in basketball. I know that, right? (laughs) But if if LeBron James wants to play, um, I'll learn a lot about my game and what I need to fix and how good I am. And so, the program, in order for it to get to that level, we really have to be at that position and and we have to play these teams and it's it's a it's a good um it's a good reminder of our players too that this is these are the type of programs that we want to play against every week and so when you whether you're part of a conference or not but if you want to trend that way then let's go we I just don't think that we wanted to stay in the same position that we had i think when we talked to Tom, we wanted to get in a position where we can keep growing and getting better and work to a place where we want to be and be happy as fans. Right now we're going through a little rut. We can get through this, though, because we have the best fan base. right? And, and I've, I've, been, like I said, I've been really impressed with them and how they've dealt with, with uh, everything that's going on with, with our team right now.
1: Is there a point in the schedule when it's put together, and I know it's tough to balance it out, and Tom and you address this in the state of the program. Is there a point, though, where maybe it's too tough because maybe going to a bowl game is good, but in a couple seasons that's hopefully not the standard, I just go to a bowl game. You want to get as many wins as you can in a season.
3: Well, so there's two ways to think about it. I, I, I don't, I'm don't, i not going to be down on anyone and their thoughts. I think that's that's how you feel. For me as a competitor, I want to know who the best is. I want to get to that level. And so you could you could you could promote yourself. If you're looking at like a prize fighter, you could promote yourself and build your schedule, your your fights, so that you can always be undefeated. But you'll never really know, and there'll always be questions on that. The hard part is that you have to just be humble and and accept some difficult times like we just had. Now, I I I would have loved to learn the lessons that we had the last two years, especially last year. If we went undefeated two years in a row, but I don't know if we would right as a program, but we will work that way and and i'm not I'm not saying like we expect to play and compete and do well in every game right and uh and I have my expectations on what the season is going to be, and I think maybe it's not realistic to others, but it is to me
1: and you and, should aim high, you're the head coach yeah and
3: yeah. so to to me and then and to our players you know so no one's going to really tell us on what what we're going to accomplish this year until we go out and do it. And um, But we know we're going to face some tough teams, and, and we're going to approach every team like they're Alabama. We have to. But it just happens to be that a lot of them aren't far off from that, which is okay too.
0: I thought Tom Homo put a nice bow on it saying, look, we're BYU, we're growing, we need to win the games we're supposed to win, and then we need to go and upset a few of the teams that we're not expected to beat. And I thought that was a, a really – clear outlook on, on what you're trying to do. Now before you go, Coach, I want to tackle some of the unknowns going into the summer. So let's examine a few of those areas with you, starting with the quarterbacks, which you may know is a hot topic at BYU year in and year out. Uh, how would you describe your quarterback situation right now?
3: Competitive and and um, making everyone better. So I'm seeing um, guys improve their bodies and, and working a, a lot harder than they have been and uh, because the spot is open and right now everybody... I mean, they work really well together, and they're great friends, but they want to be the starter, which is a good a good feeling for us and 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 it's kind of because we've done that with the quarterback position it's 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 gone to every position on the team. Our depth chart has tons of oars on it, which is it's okay too. Let them compete, and we'll play the best.
1: you got to row with oars, right, so
3: you're always going to row. okay, we
1: looked <laughs> in the media guide roster. We did not see Ula Tolutel or Joe Tukuafu. What's the latest on those two guys?
3: Well I'm not gonna speak on anyone in, in, in um individually, but I'll just say that attrition happens in, in, in the game of football and but for various reasons, you know, and, and uh I wanna keep it personal for the for all the individuals involved that are no longer on the roster. There's a there's always so it's kind of open and it varies so much that that um guys guys are we we're anticipating a lot of those guys being back, but um that depends on a lot of things that, that has happened in the next little bit. Now I won't speak on them specifically but I'll just say I love all those guys you know and and um and we've we've been through this road before and so we'll, we'll just try to keep working with it we have great examples of of uh, guys um, not being on a roster and being back and and guys that have uh, have changed some things and we've seen guys that have moved on and had success at other places so uh probably have to talk to those individuals to get the story but other than for me as a head coach that's part of we have a group of guys that aren't on the team anymore and and that's okay.
0: How are the redshirt and transfer rules going to impact BYU football in year number one?
3: Yeah, we could have. So, an example, I, I just think of a couple guys that Keenan Ellis could have played for us last year in those last four games and still be a freshman this year. Um, I think when you get to the point where you're like, "Hey, we're redshirting you," it's kind of you never want to go back on it. And and even if you have six games left on the schedule, guys don't want to come off the red shirt just for that because then they're like, well, I only played really three and a half years of football. And so this gives them um, four years and a quarter, right? So uh, four, four years and a third. Mm-hmm. And so that they benefit. They get to play more games, so that's good for us. And what we're trying to accomplish as a team, it provides depth. And so whenever you have injuries like we suffered last year, you'll be able to use guys like um, Zach Katoa and – and Keenan Ellis and others that weren't ready in August. But um, with, the, with the development and with the way they, they improved themselves from August to October, a lot could change. And um, we would, it would have been good for us to use them. So I'm looking forward to our freshmen that are coming in or return missionaries and saying, hey, your goal, even if you're way off, I mean, we had a young man come back and lost 80 pounds on his mission. And so now he has a few months to get ready, and, hey, you he can play in the four, last four games.
1: Eighty pounds.
3: Yeah, I, I need to go on that mission. <laughs> <laughs> is this who I'm thinking, or somebody else? This is. Well, this is uh, it was the Barrington. So Clark. yeah, Clark Barrington. Clark Barrington Loss lost eighty weight. pounds on his mission. I think is he's he still an offensive lineman. Oh, he's going to be an offensive. Lineman. <laughs> <laughs> the mentality to eat still there. Yeah. Just that didn't have the he's off. Like I look like a tight end, but I'll be yeah, to the yeah. But I mean, he'll be. We'll, they'll be fine, but just it will take wow. some time. And I mean, I think I can prove that he can gain 80 pounds easily in (laughs) in months, so...
0: Coach, always a pleasure to have you in Studio B. Thanks for uh, answering the tough questions and
3: being with you us. You guys a are awesome. Day. Love you guys. Thank
1: good you. luck on uh, the 28 other interviews you have the rest of the
3: day. Oh, yeah, can't <laughs> wait. Time to run. I'm going to be out of here. You used all again. the good answers uh, <laughs> with us. We appreciate
1: it. Coming up, linebacker Sione Takitaki. How much will an improved offense help the defense? And has
0: anyone separated themselves in the running backs group? How close are the coaches to picking a starter at that position? A.J. Stewart is the guy coaching up that group. He'll offer live insight into our inquiries next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Got
1: all the answers.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Right after us at 2 Eastern, watch web chats. uh, Between the Lines, version with Lauren McClain on the YouTube and Facebook pages. Coming up, also, uh, Spencer and I will do web chats. uh, Spencer in Korean with Corbin Kafusi. I'll chat with Matt Hadley and James MP in Portuguese. Coming up later as well.
0: You want me to teach you how to say American football in Korean, Jeremy?
1: Let's hear it. Mishik chuku, mishik chuku. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <That> was, <laughs> I love the uh, very
1: accented the way,
0: the way you say that. Michik yeah, very well done. Chuku. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation on 2018 BYU Football Media Day. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're also streaming on Watch ESPN, ESPN Three. We're in a bevy of places. However you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN whenever, however you would like to converse with us. Joining us now in Studio B is the running backs coach of BYU in his first year, which is the case for a lot of the guys on the offensive staff. New to the system, A.J. Stewart. A.J., welcome back to Studio B.
1: Great
4: to be here. Appreciate you guys having me.
1: Are you in the best shape of any coach on the staff?
0: Kalani kind
4: of alluded to that. Uh... I think he's giving me too much credit. I had two donuts for breakfast, so I saw you I, eat those. Too. I think, yeah. There's a couple guys who I think who who can get me, and I, I mean, it just depends on what we're talking about. We're talking weight room. We're talking yeah, running a mile. Room.
1: Who's who's the strongest uh, coach?
4: I'm I'm gonna probably go with Harvey Unga. He he's a sleeper. He doesn't really look like it. If he if he were to eat a little bit better, I think he would. But <laughs> he can. He can toss some weight around. Yeah. Speaking yeah,
1: sure. of donuts, right?
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: okay, so it, you guys play pickup too, basketball? I think, for sure. Right? So oh, who's, yeah. who's the best basketball player? Is it
4: Harvey? Because he's a.
1: I played with Harvey. He's Harvey good. can go left. Harvey can
4: go. So we we like to call ourselves like we're like LeBron and Kyrie. You know when they, when they won. So them. you don't get along. We do get along oh, okay. when they got along. Oh, when they you got know them.
1: 2016 yeah. Cleveland edition.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: But we, we so we we have that relationship. So where who's we,
1: Kyrie? Who's making the game winning three in game seven? I say Harvey. Oh come on,
4: Harvey's Kyrie. I'm I'm more of just the setup man, you know. But, but I can. I'm I'm known to to be able to carry us if we need to. Okay, well. <laughs> Very nice. Very I'd nice. rather be
0: LeBron too. <laughs> <laughs> AJ Stewart with this BYU running backs coach. Uh, let's go ahead and just throw in the uh, the crossover. Oh, look at that! Oh, Step oh back, that's James, called the Harlem, Harlem Shake. Coach. That's the Harlem Shake right that's there. That's the it's real back. Harlem Shake. In back. Is what? that Rucker Park or What? What was that experience <laughs> like, that whole Harlem experience? Oh, Not just oh, basketball, but, but being back.
1: there. That is
4: sweet. Oh, the, the Harlem experience was amazing. It was it was great just to get around those those uh, kids and, and just see our – really the greatest part was just seeing our players. Um, and really the kids thought they were getting something out of the experience, but we were all like getting more than they were, you know, just seeing how much of an impact we have. And sometimes you take it for granted, you know, we're – you know, just driving around the streets of Provo and go you know, going back and forth to work or to practice and things like that. You don't really uh it doesn't really sink into how many, you know, people kinda look up, you know, to you and look forward to, you know, con- having contact with you and, and just the type of impact you can make um in, in our community. So it was just it was really great experience. Um and our, all the coaches' wives got to come and things like that. So it was it was just a great overall, you know, family experience uh for our program
1: yeah it's awesome because Lavelle Edwards goes there on a mission, and then this continues like fifteen years later, which is awesome. So you coach the running backs. Why is this group ready for this kind of schedule?
4: I think these guys they've put the work in um in order to to be successful uh with the schedule like this. I always tell them don't don't be satisfied with with where you are and I think those guys take the challenge every single day to get a little bit better. And not only is is their their work ethic there, their attention to detail is is getting to where we where we want it to be. Um, there's going to be about three or four plays every game that we're. That are going to make the difference and and what our job is in this offseason right now is preparing those guys mentally for those um those three or four plays and and we have to be ready to capitalize on those things so i think they're all uh they've been really locked in they've been putting in work you know we leave the office you know at seven o'clock at night we see guys out there uh, you know, playing catch. We see guys out there doing drills on their own and things like that. When you see that, they know when
1: you leave the office, so they'll. Oh. <laughs> <be serious. laughs> oh, seven I, o'clock. They're leaving. They're leaving.
4: I, I I think that I think it's it's pretty <laughs> genuine, but it's it's been great just to see that. Um, so there's there's a lot of uh, of confidence you have as a coach when you see that. Um, so so with with that being said, I really feel like these guys are prepared for a schedule like this.
0: How close are you to picking your starting rotation of running backs?
4: I think it, it'll probably go all the way up. Um, through camp, uh, all the way into the first week of the game, I like that because that, it's a physical sport, and at some point, whether you're the fourth running back or or the first, we're going to be calling on you to make a play for us uh, during the season. You know, guys get banged up, uh, different scenarios come up in a game uh, where where you have to be ready to to answer the call. So I don't I don't want anybody to feel like they've arrived yet um, in a sense as well. Uh, but also on top of that, just everybody has to be prepared. And, and if you're feel, you feel sorry that you're the fourth string running back or you feel too good that you're and, and get complacent because you're, I've told you are the first string running back. That's not, that's not what I want as a coach because truthfully we're, we're counting on every single person in our, in our room.
0: There's quite a mix of running backs that you have to assess guys that are the thunder and others that are lightning, mm-hmm. the scat backs, how do you manage all that as you try and put together a new offense that wants to be multiple, but still try and get everybody playing time in the right positions? How, how do you do that?
4: Well, simply, I prepare them for every every facet of our offense. I'm not okay with just the guy who who we just bring in to run a jet sweep or, hey, we'll put you in on passing downs or, you know, we can't trust you to, to pass protect so I'm going to take you out on third down I, I prepare these guys to be every single every down backs because so once again there's injuries that that occur we may be counting on two guys to to run us through a whole game you know so it's, I'm not going to feel good as a coach that I didn't prepare a guy and I just made an excuse hey you just can't block and but now we're counting on them to, to pick up a, a big blitz on on the third down so that, those guys understand that every single down is important um, and we're going to coach them up um, in our room to be prepared to, to play every down of the game.
1: Is Kavika Fonua expected to be healthy during the season? Because he had yes. like the Gordon Hayward yeah. type injury in spring and it was like everyone stopped and it was pretty serious.
4: For sure. He'll be ready to roll. He's he's not For Arizona. In he we'll see. He's wow. he'll be in he'll be uh ready. Be great. He'll be ready to roll. You know, we're he's he's another hard working guy, um, and he loves football, so I don't put anything past those guys and, and with the technology and the things that we have now um in our training room, I think you know if 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 we can get him there he'll he'll definitely be ready to roll but he's looking good now he's moving around no boot anything and great he's ready to roll no
0: secret that jeff grimes values the run game and the big yeah. boys and the offensive line and just physical domination up front. How will that factor into run-pass balance in this offense?
4: I think we're going to be a very balanced team. Um, even though he he does have that passion for the run game, he still wants our offense to be successful. Um, so he's not going to, you know, run his head into a, a brick wall just to you know to run the ball on a on a defense that's you know packing a box. And and we're going to be prepared to you know, face anything that the defense may throw at us. And I like the analogy that he's used, uh, to, to kind of explain what type of offense we're going to be. And he, uh, I had to do my own research. He, he, uh, he uses – he compares it with the old MMA when, when mixed martial arts first started, and they were just – everybody was – they were different types of fighters, you know, street fighters and, you know, guys who knew how to do submission holds and things like that. Um, and so the, the submission hold guys were getting bruised up, but then final round they, like, get them in a choke hold and the, the bigger guy would tap out. So as as the sport evolved – you know the bigger guys started learning how to do submissions and and being more multiple in what they they could do and uh, that's what we want to be as an offense. We don't want to just be these big guys who once a guy we're, we're going against a smaller defense that that knows how to put us in a submission we can't counter counter put in a counter attack. So I, I love that analogy that he uses and it's it, it's it's really ex- explains what what we're going to be as an offense. So i mean I'm excited about it.
1: If you see the whole offense in a jujitsu class, do not be shocked. Okay? That's, that's, they're going to learn what they need to learn.
0: Yeah, you know who, whose ears perked up when uh, Jeff Grimes went to the MMA analogy? Eli Tuyaki. He's yeah. Like, like,
1: yeah, let's go! He's for like, sure. Jeff, you know I did this, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> AJ, great to have you with us. Thanks for
1: the inside into the running backs room. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you in the Richards building. All right. Playing some pickup. Let's, let's go. It. Notre Dame transfer uh, coming up. Tristan Hodge is roaring to play. Why this offensive line might be the strength of that side of the ball.
0: Plus, senior linebacker Shione Takitaki, one of the most notable position change scenarios this offseason. What's the best part about moving back to his original position? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: He looks serious.
0: BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. 2018 BYU Football Media Day. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV, also streaming on ESPN3, watch ESPN, we're on demand anytime, anywhere if you want to download the podcast as well. And now present some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation Headline. A few notes to address from BYU Football Media Day's State of the Program with Athletic Director Tom Holmo, who said he believes independence will be the status quo through 2023-2024. Not a shock, but... That's when the TV rights start to come up for renegotiation with the major conferences and, and big dollars start to invite. get talked about. Yes, that's when he anticipates movement will happen, much like we've been saying on the program for a long time. And Tom Homo also said he intends to balance future BYU football schedules. Ding! He explained what happens this year, why BYU sure. has to go on the road so much. Before they can get those return games, it just, know, it lined up this I know it's difficult.
1: Way. Yeah, my thing isn't home road win; it's quantity of power fives. Yeah. Formal
0: talks with ESPN on TV contracts will begin this year. Informal talks already happening. Not a shock. ESPN has been a partner for a long time, and as Tom referenced, they see him basically every week. So they talk a lot. Yeah, including talks with. Notre Dame, about bringing them in for their contracted game in Provo. We'll see if and when that develops. So those are your uh, headlines. Tom said
1: what, what we figured out is better than money, which means a game.
0: Let's go. Let's just win. Let's play the game. Yeah. Those are the notes from State of the Program. And uh, how about some Team USA action?
1: Volleyball going on right now in the Volleyball Nations League versus France. This is in Italy. France took the first set against Team USA with uh, former player and coach Rob Nielsen and Ben Patch and Jane Langlois. Brendan Sander on the roster. Uh, France took the first set. U.S. bounced back to take set two.
0: All right. Good luck to Team USA. Paul Lasique and Sean Davies will start tomorrow for USA Rugby in a test match against Canada at 3 Eastern in Halifax, Nova Scotia. The United States has won a record six test matches in a row, including the biggest win In team history, recently over Scotland. With that said, we welcome in guest number three on this two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation, 2018 BYU Football Media Day. He is now back to linebacker and a senior. Shione Takitaki, welcome back to Studio B. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Thanks for weighing in on the uh, question of the day the other day on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I can't even remember what question it was, but your answer was, win. Which is always a good answer.
5: Yeah. I got to show you guys love. So, yeah, that's why I, you know, I kind of commented and let you guys know.
1: Appreciate it.
0: What kind of impact do you expect to make this season moving back to linebacker?
5: Um, one that helps the team. You know what I mean? The coaches uh, saw that I'll do better at linebacker, and so they moved me. And um, I think it's a good fit. And, um, yeah, I, as a whole team, you know what I mean? I think we're going to do good. So, it's going to be great. Where are you
1: best at linebacker? Is it rushing the quarterback? Is it in coverage? Obviously, you want to be good at all of it, but what's your strength?
5: Uh, I think right in the middle, you know what I mean? Not, not too much in coverage and um, not too much rushing, but right in the middle I think is, is best for me um, coming from a little distance. But, yeah, I think that's where the coaches see me, and, and I think it's a fit. Now
1: you get a running start. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Last year it was uh, a mismatch of sorts, and you hope to win with quickness. Yeah. Now you can uh, get that running start. Exactly.
0: Taki Taki with us on BYU Sports Nation. Who will surprise us at linebacker this season
5: among your teammates? Man, there's a lot of them. Um, just in the linebacker room, there's, there's Matt Hadley, there's Riggs, Adam Posifer, Butch, um, and those are all seniors. So I, I think, you know what I mean, as, as, as a senior group, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people.
1: Zane Anderson's
5: been for the safety. and Zane, yeah, and actually Zane, I forgot yeah. Zane, but he's going to make a big impact too man he's, 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 a, he's a great player, fast, and uh, he can cover you know, kind of like Fred, and so he's going to help us out a lot.
1: Are you on the strong side, or Sam is that so I'm,
5: I'm on the weak side
1: you're on the weak side yeah. okay, so flash flash is the strong is, side is the strong side. Zane yes, will be on that one um, what Fred Warner's gun, obviously it's hard to fill Fred Warner's shoes, but how do you guys feel like as a group you can fill those shoes
5: um as a group, I think we're going to do good. You know what I mean. We feed off of each other. Um, like I said, there's a lot of seniors in that in, the, in that room, and so there's a lot of leadership that, that comes behind all those guys. Like like I named them already. You know, Adam, all those guys, Butch, um, Zane. You Matt's know, Matt's been here eighteen Matt, years. Yeah, <laughs> Matt's been here. So you, so we have a lot of leadership in that in that team and in, in that uh, position group, and I think we feed off of each other really well.
0: Who is the outspoken leader of the defense, if there is one?
5: Um. I wouldn't say there's actually one, but uh there's a lot there's a lot of guys. Um Tavita, Monga, Corbin, um, Butch, uh Matt Hadley, Adam, uh, myself, Zane. So there's there there's not just one guy that's uh really outspoken. There's a lot of us, so I think that's what makes us pretty special.
1: Last year was quite the anomaly offensively for BYU. It was a real struggle, obviously, and that's been, you know, discussed. But uh, if the offense is is better, and we all expect it to be better, how will that help the defense in terms of how aggressive you guys can be?
5: Um, I think it would help us out a lot, you know, just not being on the, on the field a lot, um, saving our energy and uh, points on the board. So I feel like when there's points on the board, you know, as a defense, you run out there knowing, hey, we're up, you know, tied 7-7 or 7-0, you know, it'll give you more energy. and um yeah, the offense is looking nice, so I'm excited about that. You got a big
1: smile on your face when you <laughs> thought about the offense.
5: Why is that? Oh man, they've been working extremely hard, man. You know, I see it um, day in, day out, and you know, I, I'm, I work out with them, so I see them, you know, grinding every day. They're putting in the work. Um, one, pos- they, you know, um, the offensive line group just just alone, man. They're, they're like they're like this. Um, after our workouts, an hour later, you know they they work out as as a group again and get a cer- second one, and they've been consistent with that. So, mm. as a guy like me, seeing that man it just brings joy to me. Do you
0: really like it when the offense is performing well? Because that means that typically they're <laughs> taking it to the defense. You know, they...
5: <laughs> I, I actually I, I like when the offense is perform, performing well because uh, that means that we're better as a team. You know what I mean? And uh, we compete every day, so. I love that, too.
1: Who's the hardest, uh, and I hate the phrase, skill position, as if the other ones are unskilled. That's (laughs) not fair. Um, We'll talk to Tristan Hodge about how much skill they have uh, coming up. But who's the hardest skill position player on the offense for you to defend, in your opinion?
5: Ooh, guys putting me on the spot. There's a lot of them. You know, I can't really pinpoint one person. um, But when someone's lined up in a slot, I would say uh, Aleva Hifo, Micah Simon, guys like that that are really quick, Um, Inoke, just those little quick guys that when Go they put them in that late. slot, yeah, I haven't seen him. Too um, much yet. Yeah, but he—he'll he'll surprise some people. But yeah, when they're when they're lined up in the slot, it's hard for guys like outside linebacker like me to um, really, you know, when they do a little quick slants or quick outs, you know, to stay with them, you know, because they could just dump it real quick and get you know a couple yeah, yards. At
0: that point, you say Zane. Yeah. Come, on, come over here,
5: Zane, man. get over here. Yeah. And that's <laughs> why over here. That's why Zane's, you know, guarding all those guys, and uh, he's coming down from safety, so he can really move with those guys.
1: Tell us about the safeties, too, because, uh, you know, Zane's moved out, but there's still some experience in the back end with Tanner Jacobson, and Austin Lee is a pretty good athlete as well.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, and the safeties, they're great. They're doing good. And uh, you got guys like Troy Warner, Diane, who are, are going to the safety position. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're they're gonna play hard, and and there's even other guys. You know, Gavin Fowler. I'm talking about as whole, and like you guys said, Lee, man, those guys are working their tails off. And uh, when we run PRPs and things like that, you can see the, you know the the, you know the greatness that that's you know on the on the on the come. So, all the safeties are are, are working really hard.
1: Who's leading the? Te- is it a text group that you have to organize player run practices? What's the communication?
5: Um. So yeah. Uh. So we have um, a group of just the seniors. And then uh we'll relay the message. Hey, PRP's at this time and uh relate it to the position groups and, and then you have your linebacker position groups, uh group chat. Who is O line, you know, D line. Yes.
1: Who's initiating that conversation?
5: Uh, hey, we're meeting at seven. Uh yeah, it's kinda it's kinda all of it. sometimes uh Butch will say it, um, sometimes Zane will say it, sometimes I say it, Adam. Like it's not really one person and that and and that's really good. You know, when all true. of us can really feed off of each other and let, it, let each other know.
0: BYU Football Media Day 2018. We're talking with senior linebacker Sione Takitaki on BYU Sports Nation. How do you view the challenge of probably the most difficult road schedule in BYU football history? How, at Arizona, at the likes of Wisconsin and Washington and Boise State and, and Utah. Utah, how do you view that challenge knowing that you're going to go on the road and play so many top-level teams?
5: Um, I like it. I view, I view it as a good thing. For BYU, um, for us as a team, coming off a of four and nine, um, so yeah, I, I think uh, it's great for us to go out there and compete against uh, big teams. You know what I mean? You don't want to keep playing not so good teams. So you know, scheduling all these big teams and uh, going on the road is is a good thing for uh, for our team, our program, uh, what we represent. BYU, Bill Not Born, all that stuff. You know what I mean? To show. Show the world what we got, you know?
1: Built not born is the kind of mantra you guys have taken. T- when you make a t shirt, it's official, right? Yeah. So, w- what's the origin of why you picked that phrase?
5: Um, it's something that, that represents BYU, you know? You come here, it's really hard. You know, nothing's given. We have to live the honor code. You have to live a lot of things, you know what I mean? And, and you're built, we, you build up for it, you know what I mean? It's not just going to be given, it's not easy. Kind of like a, a zoo tiger. Um, we kind of use this um, kind of this story a lot. Zoo tigers—they kind of you know stay in their cage, stay in their area. They get fed a lot, um, foods on this time, this time, this time, and, and so we're like jungle tigers. We, we we look at ourselves as jungle tigers, being out there in the wilderness, have to hunt, you know, have to work things like that. So, I think it's it's a great um, phrase and uh, something for the team. So, all right, I like it.
1: I'm hungry thinking about it. A <laughs> yeah, man. 10:42. <laughs> huh? It's a little early.
5: Yeah. How has the culture
0: shifted? in 6 months from going from a disappointing 4-9 finish to now where you are moving forward what's been the biggest difference in the culture shift in the locker room
5: uh work hard everybody better bring it every day you know everyone knows coming in every day you know we had a 4-9 season you know you can't you can't you can only go up from there so bring it every day and um it's uh it's kind of funny today we just got music in the, in the weight room you know we were working out with no music um, throughout this whole you know off season training, and we're kind of like, man, when are we gonna get music? When are we gonna get music? And uh, today we just got music, and everyone's amped up. <laughs> going, it was going going crazy. You know what I mean? Because yeah, to earn we, it. Yeah, we had to earn it, and so a lot of things are earned, and uh, I like that. You know, Coach Kalani and everybody, you know, instilling that into to us players, letting us know that uh, it's different now. You know, we're gonna work for for everything.
1: So Nuu made you earn it
5: so yeah Th- did
1: you know that you earned it
5: um or just randomly oh okay now's the time no i guess i guess we earned it because today when we came in they turned on the music and everyone whoa we got music now a lot of chahoos. a right? lot of chahoos, man <laughs> everyone's going wild running around
1: what song was playing? yeah what song
5: oh uh, it was techno so okay so yeah <laughs>
1: whatever
2: it's music hey, it's music yeah it's music. You're
5: like, it we'll could have yeah, been country it could have been anything right we all would have been excited so yeah it was techno and we're, we were pretty excited who reacted
1: the strongest
5: um, I would say me and Butch. We were, <laughs> uh, we were going crazy. Because, <laughs> you know, any music, man, you're working out and uh, any music can help. Something. Yeah, something.
1: Something. Even a podcast. Exactly. Jeez, NPR yeah.
5: this. Exactly. Yeah. There's some <laughs> juice back in, in the, the way Zoom. That's exactly. Totally. Get some uh, juice.
0: Sione, great stuff, man. We're excited for what the defense holds in the 2018 season. We appreciate you being with us in Studio B. All right. Thank you guys for having me, man. More
1: responses, too, on Instagram.
0: Hey, yeah,
5: you hey, can always weigh in. I'll always comment for you guys, man. Thank, thank guys, you. My guys.
1: Thank you. Coming up, Jamal Williams is back from Green Bay. Is he going to start at running back this season for the Packers?
0: Yeah. Do they have a running back by committee approach? Not we'll anymore. Out. We'll find out. And more interviews to come, including Tristan Hodge. But next... We can't, just because it's BYU Football Media Day, we, we can't ignore the World Cup date, right? No, we got, Croatia, our team is legit, man. Especially in Croatia, destroyed Argentina yesterday. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Football Media Day.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Cougars in the NFL is coming up at 4 Eastern time on BYU TV with Fred Warner, Jamal Williams, and interviews with Ziggy Ansah, Taysom Hill, and others. Don't miss that coming up at 4 Eastern, also simulcast on BYU Radio. We'll
0: speak with Jamal Williams in Hour 2 of BYU Sports Nation as well. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside the Jerem Jordan.
1: Our daily BYU I appreciate lesson.
0: that. You're welcome.
1: The You know why? Jerem Jordan. Because uh, BYU tweeted out a while ago an hour ago. FYI, today's BYU Football Media Day. Follow up BYU Football at TV BYU TV Sports or Greg Bell for live updates. To which I tweeted, anybody else? <laughs> and then they added, oh, and Jerem Jordan. <laughs> so I went fishing and I caught one. There you go, man.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Anybody else?
0: Our daily BYU Sports Nation rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm
1: pathetic. <laughs> you got what you wanted. And I know it. That's you
0: got thing. what you wanted.
1: I did, and I'm appreciative.
0: I realized something yesterday. The BYU Sports Nation karma has oh. transcended to oh. new
1: levels. It went uh, international.
0: It's yes. transcended to new levels, which takes us to our World Cup date. Listen to this. Croatia, who we randomly selected mm-hmm. with the law firm I think fate of Bagley and Hansen. That's not real. Croatia, our randomly selected BYU Sports Nation World Cup team, beat up on Argentina and Messi three nil. Croatia, How about that? Has advanced. They have advanced to the elimination our round. Team's through, Let's Croatia go. went
1: through. That's what's up. Ranked twentieth
0: in the FIFA rankings, beginning the World Cup, now they're making some noise, leveraging the karma
1: <laughs> in a way we haven't seen before.
0: Now that like their third game in round-robin play, they, it doesn't matter what happens. And they play who,
1: Iceland? Yes. Iceland down 2 nothing to Nigeria right now. Missed a penalty.
0: Nigeria doing Argentina some major favors right Eagles.
1: now. Yeah, exactly.
0: Wow. There you go. 3-0 over Argentina. Any questions, my friends, about the power of the BYU Sports Nation karma?
1: Only when it doesn't work. Coming up, Jamal Williams and Fred Warner will join us. How can BYU get more guys like them in the NFL?
0: Preston Hadley is on a scooter. We're going to find Doesn't out matter. about what happened. Here he comes, and how he feels about the shot that Kalani Satake took at him in state of the program.
1: Yeah, he's, he's scooting in
0: here. This is here BYU Sports Station on BYU Football Media Day. BT's finest, Preston.
1: Right
6: Game Day Promos helps BYU build the
0: Cougar brand with customized promotional items. Blankets, flashlights, balls, almost anything really, to increase fan loyalty and team support. Businesses can do the same thing, carefully selecting items that Game Day Promos can customize with any brand. The result? Gifts to reward customers. Licensed promotional product vendor for BYU. Game Day Promos. Beyond sports, beyond expectations. BYU game day and we are ready to go.
3: Make sure that you take out your frustrations of this week.
2: It is rivalry week here in Provo. Playing against greatness, you have to be perfect. Coming up next on Studio C, we search for Cinderella. I'm right here. Oh, that was easy.
5: Yep. This really isn't that good of a story. Yeah, no drama.
3: <laughs>
2: BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. 2018 BYU Football Media Day continues
0: on BYU Sports Nation all day football. As Jaron put it, this Beautiful. is the oasis in the desert of no football within the summer.
1: Every day is all football, and today just happens to be on the air as well.
0: We've got a full hour coming up, including the likes of Jamal Williams, Ryan Pugh, Trevor Maddich, so, stay with us for hour number two on BYU Sports Nation. But before we wrap up hour number one, who better than the man who has swag on the scooter? Yes. New
1: Fortnite champion.
0: Safety's coach, Preston Hadley, is with us back in Studio B. Preston, what's up, man?
7: Just trying to own the scooter look right now, you know? <laughs> Just. We're, he's we're got won, it in we're, park over we're as here. one. Can you yep. show his scooter over here on the right? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. got it in park. There Dual it parking brake. Yeah. Dual parking, wow. break. dual parking brake, front and you know. back. Okay, oh, you're yep. not that's messing good. around. No, no one's stealing that thing. You know, <laughs> little basket. You know, I catch some, some heat for from <laughs> some of the other coaches, but I just tell them don't hate because you ain't. You Keep your protein bars don't and your Powerade you. in exactly. there. Bro. Don't
1: hate because you ain't. All right. That's, uh, that's what. I, listen, I think that's better than built not born. I'll be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what What happened? What happened? Tell us what happened. How'd you hurt? We were
7: your... told one thing. We don't believe it though. Tell us. So, uh, Coach tuyaki myself. Uh, we were actually sparring one day, and I roundhouse kicked him in the face. And, no, I just joking. <laughs> I, wish, I, I wish I had a better story, but this is starting to show. I'm actually losing whatever athleticism I still have very quick because I uh, I was actually I actually tripped and fell down some stairs. So. Oh, so it's true. But but I'll let me hold on a second. It was back in December now, so it was actually I was still currently coaching at Weber State. We were in our—it was during our playoff game against SUU. So I'm coaching the box, and I'm running down the stairs during halftime to get to the to get to the to the locker room, and I tripped and fell. And so we all just—you know—I got looked at. We thought it was a sprain, you know. So we rehabbed it, you know. F- went through spring ball, you know. Played in the alumni seven-on-seven game, playing basketball. Whoa. It just gets like it just get really sore after. So I go see our trainers. And I'm like, man, my foot ain't right, man. And all of a sudden, so they you know they send me to the doctor to get an X ray like yeah it's cause it's broke oh you know, so what but I, at least I can say again not impressive breaking foot falling downstairs but at least I can say my mom didn't raise no little wussy. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> <about that. laughs> so. Yeah, you told us when you got hired about that story, and little did we know that yeah you yeah really yeah, like, yeah
7: Paul Paul the archive man yeah it's just again you know not one of the Jeez. one of my more low lights in life but. You know, just try to take it and the Lord decided I need to be humble, so here we are.
1: Let's hope your safeties have better footwork than you. Uh oh, now now that come on. That was too easy. <laughs> you set me up. Come on. Um but tell us about your group. Because this is a talented group, and you've actually brought in Diane Gonwalaku and Troy Warner to add to the ranks.
7: Yeah, so I I call Diane Dying Lake. So I've known Dying since easier. he was a since he was a freshman in high school, so I'm like I met you as Diane Lake. I'm going to call you Diane Lake. All right? <laughs> you're not, you're not, not, get that Hollywood stuff out of here, man. So, no, we always give him a hard time. Uh, no, so uh, with obviously the the additions of Troy and Diane uh, bring a bunch of experience. You know, both those guys have started and played a lot of games at corner. And I, I think their experience as a corner will help. Uh, our position group as 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 safeties you know just with their experience covering guys and, and you know we play a lot of man coverage here, and so uh, being able to play man coverage on on and where teams are going to try and attack us with mismatch in the slot. You know, I think both of those guys are, are big physical guys who are going to be able to to be effective. And then, again, another one that a lot of guys, a lot of people probably haven't heard much about is Austin Lee. You know, Austin actually came out of, of spring as one of the starters at safety. Now, now Troy, you know, he's still rehabbing his injury that he sustained last season. And so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good competition between the three of those guys and some of the others to, to compete for playing time. But... Um, I always tell them all like we need at least four at least four safeties to to win. You know, last season I, you know, we actually ended up having four different guys start throughout the season. My last season, we were for for whatever reason, but just in college football, you need depth, and so uh, that's one thing um, I've been fortunate to inherit as as the safeties coaches inherit a group that that has depth, and and so we're we're excited.
0: All right, we've got about 30 seconds left, but uh, you played a lot of zone coverage when you played for Bronco Mendenhall at BYU. Now you're coaching man coverage primarily. How has that shift been for you?
7: Uh, I think one thing that's helped me is we were primarily a, a man-based defense up at Weaver State, and so just implementing some of those man principles to what we're doing here, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it helps. So two different things, but I, I think it's good just to, to have diversity in, in what you do, so... Um, it's i'm excited i mean we got the players who have the athleticism athleticism to do it so um i'm, I'm confident in it i mean man coverage is a great defense is, as long as you have the guys which i think we do
1: well you okay. need to heal up so you can coach these guys up okay so take it easy stop don't play on a broken foot like you did for months man you can <laughs> still play the games on in, your in, though, here, your game. in here
7: in here and here i feel like i still got it but the reality is i'm I'm very much old news. Well, <laughs> welcome to our world. Former There's plenty former of room over here, Preston. Former intramural flag football team. Is, Thanks for yeah.
0: being with us, man.
1: Yeah, always Thanks, a pleasure. Preston. Coming up in hour number two, Jamal Williams, offensive line coach, Ryan Pugh, and NFL rookie Fred Warner.
0: Hey, don't forget about Trevor Maddich as well. huh?
1: Oh, here he comes. Oh, there, there is swag. the J-swag. Oh, oh, oh.
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and
0: Jerem Jordan. Hour number two of BYU Football Media Day on BYU Sports Nation is live. This is your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy June 22nd. It's a football Friday in the middle of the summer. Love it. Wherever and however you're connected on BYU TV... BYU Radio, ESPN3, Watch ESPN, great to have you with us. This is a huge day and a huge second hour of the show lined up. I am Spencer Linton alongside Studio B wardrobe coordinator Jerem Jordan.
1: I'm glad you got the memo about the t-shirt. I typically don't like when we wear the same shirt, except uh, when we get the royal blue polos. Then we're on point with it. This
0: is the one day that you feel okay about wearing the same shirt. Yes.
1: I think normally we look weird when we wear the same shirt, but today it's like coordinated with everyone else, so that's good.
0: Uh, I can guarantee you that our next guest has on something that only he has. I, I don't know that anybody else in the world has it. His name is Jamal Williams. And He's he- back. He brought the fanny pack bag. Jamal, up, welcome dude? back, man.
8: What's that, man? You want to show us the fanny pack? Oh, you, you are know hard.: to show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> get oh, a Look at that thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's got the Green Bay Packers colors. like that.
1: That's, that's next level.
0: You're you know, a
8: trendsetter. You know who to, uh, who to blame for it? My mama, she gave it to me as a gift.
1: Of course, Nicole would give
8: an mm-hmm. excellent gift like that. She loves. She knows me so well. <laughs> you know, just buy me a fanny pack or a game. I'm happy. Did you miss us? Yeah. My. Oh no. You changed on me though. I changed. Yeah, you came bougie. I did. Your hair slicked back. <laughs> That's he's the, the same haircut. He's, design years, he's the design fashion. He's a fashion designer now.
0: Well, I like to introduce them as random things every day. On yeah. The show. Oh, Whether sure. they're true or not.
8: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, so like you like the hot dog eating champion? You say like that I am not day?
1: Joey Chestnut. No,
8: who's that? The hot dog eating champion. Did you uh, know that?
1: There's a. We'll talk off here.
0: Yes, <laughs> we, we
8: have other things to discuss.
0: Yeah, you need you need to give me some things that I can introduce him as. For sure. Okay, I just
8: I right. just tweet them to you. Well,
0: t- yeah. <laughs> Jamal Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation. Wow, what a rookie campaign you had in Green Bay, uh, full of ups and downs. Uh, your starting quarterback wasn't who you thought it was going to be the majority of the time, but you were able to get in there, put up some big numbers. How would you define your rookie campaign with the Green Bay Packers?
8: Mm, I just say a mystery the whole time because you, it's your first year, so you really don't know what's happening or what's going to happen. All you can really do is just go with the motions and honestly just just go through it and, and see how you adapt to it. but. You know, there's one thing I had to get used to was 17 games, and then you got playoffs after that if you make it, you know. So it was a long season. (laughs) I ain't even going to lie. It was a long season. And your rookie year, they always say your rookie year is always your hardest year because, like, you just do a whole bunch of extra things, you know. And it depends if you got vets in your room too. Luckily, I only had, like, Ty. Ty uh, Montgomery, he was, like – it was, like, his second year at running back. So – the worst thing we had to do was uh bring sunflower seeds. But, that was
1: the worst thing? Uh, hmm
8: That's dudes, pretty good. Dudes in the uh lineman room, whew, they had to they was they had to bring waters all the time. They had to make <laughs> sure they bring coffees in there. They had shoot, they had to bring a whole bunch of other stuff. Like they when they go out to dinners, they paying for it. <laughs> so I already learned my lesson. I don't go out. You're like, I'm a rookie. I make the lease. Why am I paying for this, right? Mm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The wide receivers had to pay like, I think it was like thirty ten thousand 10000 something. <gasps> mm-hmm. And they had to split it between. Luckily, wow. it was like three of them. So they just split it between. You so picked the right
0: position group, man.
8: Oh, yeah. <laughs> calling sick when they're going to that one restaurant. They're oh, like, yeah.
1: Oh, I can't make it. Shoot. Um, what, when did you start to feel really comfortable, and maybe it was at the beginning, of,
8: hey, I can play at this level? Mm, I think it's probably... It was probably like when we played the Bears, I got hurt. And then Aaron Jones came to start it. He was pretty much like the starter for like half of the like the middle of the season. So pretty much I was just playing special teams. So I'm on all the special teams. And I'm like, if I'm not getting no reps at running back right now, might as well just go 100% and do what I can on special teams. So I literally I just run into a dude's face, like, just run into his chest, if that's all I'm doing during the whole game. So then I just noticed, like, you know, a lot of these dudes don't really try. If <laughs> if you really just do effort, you'll be fine out there. Hmm. And then once I got my shot again to to actually be the starter again against the Bears when everybody got hurt again, you know, I was just like, you know, this is my time again to show what I can do, what I've learned, you know, from being out being in my first year and what my coaches taught me what the other vest is showing me, you know. So I just wanted to show, you know, I can run the ball. I can still pound it. But new things I'm trying to do now is open up my vision a little bit more, you know, help my blockers stay on their blocks or get to a block. So it's just a learning experience for me.
0: How would you explain the feeling of euphoria of being in an NFL end zone?
8: Oh. It's, well, for me, it's like I blank out. I like I'll think of things to do and then I'll blank out sometimes. I'll be like <laughs> Like what do I want to do? Do I just wanna dance or do I wanna run back? I try to after like I start getting comfortable in the end zone, I try to get uh MC to to dance with me. He wasn't having it yet. But I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him to dance with me at least once.
1: What's your relationship like with Aaron Rodgers? And what's something maybe we don't see
8: that you see? Um, you know, Aaron's a smart dude and he's just the goat really—he's just a real vet. And things about Aaron is like, especially if you know you're a rookie, he's gonna, 'cause he always testing somebody. He got audibles for days, hmm. so he he always testing somebody. Like he did it this year against uh our rookie receivers, and like he gave him a he gave him a, a sign, like a real sign. And I was like. I was like, I don't think they know what that is. Because I looked (laughs) over there, they was looking at each other, doing this. I was like, but this is only through a walkthrough. And I'm like, oh, that brings back memories. Because he did it to me my freshman year. He, like, he flipped the play on me. And I I didn't know which way to go. So I pretty much just sat there and waited to see which way he was going to go. Then I was going to go to the left. But luckily he turned to the right. So I hit, like, a little baby jab. He was like, I got you, hun. I was like, (laughs) I was like, you got me. But – I mean, he's a great, great teammate, really. He just makes sure everybody's all in. He makes sure everybody's good and, you know, always talking try to keep everybody in.
0: Just go to the baby jab if all else fails, right? I know. The baby jab? Baby yeah. jab. What do you expect your role to be in year number two as a Green Bay Packer?
8: Um, Really, now, you know, run the ball from the get-go, honestly, and uh, really just trying to do the best I can and, I uh, feel more comfortable just being out there. So I really just want to show more of my talent. So I just want to show more breakaway runs, break some more tackles, you know, and and really try to become the workhorse out there.
1: Looks like October 15th the Packers are hosting uh, the 49ers. Uh, are you looking forward to an encounter with Fred Warner on the field? Oh, Freddie. I keep
8: forgetting he over there. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Forty this is only a couple. Oh yeah, Fred. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for him. I can't wait. I'm about to talk so much, mess y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let him have it. <laughs> what's What's it like to
1: interact and see other BYU guys, whether you played with them or not, in the league? Uh
8: it don't it don't feel as weird anymore. You know you. During the game, you're not really worried about them. You're really just playing the game. But if you do have an encounter with them, like during a play, after the play, then you say something. But it just depends on what type of player you are. I mean, a lot of the – like I've Vets having full-blown conversations with the other team. You'd be like, dang, I guess – In the middle don't... of a like, – After the play. Right after the play. Or a timeout or something. Like they'd what? Just be talking. How's
1: your family, man? How's Teresa? Exactly. Well, yeah.
8: That's exactly what they be talking about. But it's it. I think it's a vet thing because you know they know they already know everybody. I still only know people on my team and people I played with when I was younger and stuff like that. But like seeing Ziggy is always fun. Like I had to block Ziggy. I was like, oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> 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 and like, twice, right? Two uh-huh. games against those guys. I had to threaten them too. I was like, I'm like Ziggy, you come, bro. I'm going to cut you. I'm gonna cut. <laughs> I'm letting them know it, I ain't, I can't really cut. <laughs> I, <but> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm just going to give them the initiations I'm going to, but I never do, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jamal Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, great to catch up with you about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we want to get your thoughts on what you think of this approaching BYU football season because it is media day coming mm. off a four and nine season, which we feel in a lot of ways was an anomaly. What do you expect from this BYU team as they try and rebound?
8: Uh huh. Really for them to just stay together. I mean, it's a new year, you know, a new year, always new play, new people, new team. So really just be ready. I mean, I'm our team in Green Bay is almost, I feel is almost in the same spot as how BYU is now. Is We didn't make playoffs, so we feel like our year wasn't as good as it's supposed to be. So right now, all we've been worried about is just worried about us staying focused and just trying to do the best we can and not whatever we did last year that wasn't good, we just flipped that and turned it into something more of a positive. So I feel this year, you know, the Cougars they'll get it together. I need them to I need them to get it up so I can talk my smack. It's <laughs> <laughs> important that's a, important in that's a real days, right? thing. That's a real thing. Because you know it's bad when I got Devon House. He went to New Mexico State and he talking mess to me. And I'm like, all right, bro, this is the, this is the year the Cougars got it. I'm letting you know now. I'm taking all bets, all bets for my cougars this year.
1: And then, didn't Devontae Mays, was he a running back with you too yeah, from yeah. Utah State? Yeah, yeah, we ain't got same worry draft, about, right? Yeah, we got to worry about, about
8: him. Mays talking. All right. <laughs> 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 we ain't got to worry about him. He'll be all right.
1: Skill position players uh, in the NFL for BYU is a great thing. It's great to have you and Taysom Hill and, and these guys in the league. What do you think it will take to get more running backs and quarterbacks
8: and receivers in the NFL from BYU? um mm, i think more more than anything we just have to just execute more on the field uh because everybody has the skill for it like i've i've been practicing with practicing with so many good receivers and and quarterbacks that i just feel we just need to in games just have to execute better that's all and and just showcase their their skills a little bit more, you know, because I I can remember a lot of opportunities, a lot of missed balls or balls that weren't even catchable, stuff like that, you know, those type of things is just chances for you to show what you can do, you know, so you just got to take your opportunities and and really just think about it. Like every time I'm on the field. Let me go out here and and ball out, you know, go out die for every ball, catch every ball. It should really be more of a challenge for inside than it is for somebody else to say it. you know you want you will wanna to wanna to catch every ball, you wanna throw the perfect pass, you will wanna always get a hundred yards in a game like but at the same time, you just gotta make sure it's still team emphasis, you know what I mean, so it's really just really just on on you, you know, so um. I believe in I believe in everybody that I play with that they could go and catch the ball, throw the ball, block anybody, no matter who we playing. You know, it's just all uh, all on how you believe in yourself and how you change yourself.
0: Yeah, I feel like you've touched on this a couple of times now. That mentally there is an aspect of I want to try harder than you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm going to exert more effort than you, and uh, I feel like that uh, kind of has some some reaching bounds in all professions, right? Just Oh, yeah. You just, you just got to spark something inside, and, and you clearly have that. Like, I, I'm going to be better than you because I will try harder than you.
8: Yeah, yeah. shoot, being in the NFL, you, like, even in, if, when you're in college and you play a big-name school, like, sometimes you probably don't even know most of the dudes on the team, but you just know the name of the school. That's what sometimes will not really scare you but get you out of your mindset. You know, so when you're in the NFL, you, like, you know certain people out there, Von Miller, Ziggy, people like this, you'd be like, you can't think, you know, what am I going to do or how am I going to stop them? You just got to believe in yourself that you can do it because you're on the field with them. I mean, you're not there for on an accident. So, but my, my motto pretty much is everybody believe red, No matter if they're a superstar, or the GOAT, you know, the greatest player alive, everybody believe red, you know, so... I'll just go out there and do my best. And if you give me a shot and I get you, oh yeah, then you got more confidence in yourself that you could do it again. So
0: all right. Well, uh you uh were able to put together a pretty confident resume and you're number one. It was fun to watch, Jamal.
8: No, I appreciate it. Get ready for some more dances. That's Wait, we've right still got now. the yeah, number twenty-one
0: hat up here, by the way, as well. I
8: know. Got I'm, got it. Old. Your uncle gave it I'm old. Think, right? I'm like, what's it called? Mid young chocolate man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm close. I'm old now, yo. 23? You're 23 <laughs> and you're old? I know. I'm a I grandpa. Know.
1: That's not even old around here. Come on, man. You were 16 Good. when you got to BYU. Yeah. You're right. We'll keep it going. We're excited to watch you this year. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay. Jamal Williams. What's more difficult to take care of coming up? The offensive line or his newborn baby? We ask offensive line coach Ryan Pugh.
0: How would ESPN's Trevor Mattis define the current goals for BYU football? And his pick for starting quarterback in 2018. Huge show still to come. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Brian thinks he's asking us questions. But yeah. BYU
2: Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Listen to Behind the Mic with Gregor Bell on BYU Radio. Coming up from 2 to 4 Eastern time, top of the hour, Greg will chat with both the offensive coordinators, among the Other guests, a loaded lineup for Behind the Mic, live on BYU Radio.
0: BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Also on Watch ESPN, ESPN3 today. This is BYU Football Media Day 2018. You know our conversation. Always rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Twitter, Instagram. We also have a page on Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN whenever you would like to converse with us. A third member of our BYU Sports Nation team currently floating around the facilities. That's what he normally does. And tracking down a current BYU football player, running back K.J. Hall is with Jason Shepard.
9: First and foremost, I want to ask you how you're doing health-wise. How are you feeling right now? I'm
10: feeling really good. Um, I've had one of the best training staffs in the country, in my opinion, obviously, um, helping me along the way. Um, you know, there were struggles with any injuries, but I, I've come a long way, and I'm feeling really good right now. So, are
9: you, Do you feel like you're close to 100% and especially getting yourself ready for fall?
10: I'm getting close. I'm starting to sprint a lot more. Um, Just the next phase is lateral, which is kind of my thing. So the lateral movements and just the quick bursts and all that stuff has to come still. But you know, these injuries just require a lot of patience and just grit. So I'm just, I'm battling through it right now, but I'm feeling really good. How difficult is it to be patient in, in a
9: situation like this? When you're dealing with an injury, that, it's got to be so frustrating because you know what you're capable of,
10: but you've got to work yourself back into getting into that shape. Yeah, so, I mean, last year was just, it was just a mess for me. I had three separate injuries that kind of threw me off my groove, I guess you could say. Um, the mental aspect of it and the patience is definitely the biggest challenge. It's not necessarily the injury. It's just knowing that eventually you're going to be fine. Um, But it is the patience is I mean patience is a virtue and I don't think I don't think I've acquired it yet So we're still going everybody
9: wants to talk about the new offense and and quite frankly most people still don't really know what to expect What have the coaches talked to you about how you fit into this type of
10: offense? Um, There's not real specifics to to kind of Explain of where I would fit in the offense. It's just it's just being able to put the right player in the right position at the mm-hmm. right time for whatever we're doing, for whatever situation we have. So I mean, I'm not going to get too deep into it, obviously, but um, we trust the coaches and we know that they're going to put us in a situation to win every time. So.
9: What do you think about your
10: position group specifically, just in general? I think we check all the boxes um, as a collective group. Obviously, we'll see in fall camp who comes out as you know, quote unquote, a workhorse. And, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really confident that whoever steps on the field will be the best guy.
9: Well, and it's obviously a, a family affair uh, with with BYU. Now you've got your brother back from a mission, working with the quarterbacks. What's it like to have your brother back and now in the
10: program with you? You know, it's been awesome to have him back. Um, I've missed watching him throw the ball. <laughs> of course, I was gone for two years while he was in high school, so I didn't get to watch him until his senior year and he actually had it cut short with injuries, but um, it's been amazing to be able to see him come home, the man that he is now compared to before his mission. He was always a great kid, but it's always good to see the maturity that they gain. Um, It's been good for me personally because I do know the offense, and I was in all the meetings. I didn't really miss anything. It's been good for me to be able to help him learn as well, which in turn, I mean, if you teach someone something, then you're... In turn, teaching yourself so it's been really good for me and him just camaraderie and brotherhood it's just been good to have him back all around it's always a pleasure
9: to talk with a member of the hall family thanks for the time kj appreciate it thank you thank you
0: all right jason Shepard with kj hall one of the running backs we've also spoken with aj stewart the running backs coach it'll be fun to watch that battle develop as we get closer to game number one 71 days away from opening the season at arizona in tucson arizona joining us now coaching the guys looking to block for the running backs the One hugs. of our favorites. He's an instant classic. Yeah. Ryan Pugh back in Studio B. Ryan, welcome back, man.
11: Thank you guys for having me.
0: All right, let's start with this. You had a baby during spring football, and you still coached that day. What was that like?
11: Um, thankfully, my wife didn't really know what was going on when I went to practice. She was still kind of asleep. and No, it was, it was hectic, but a lot of fun. You know, it puts life into perspective when you have kids. Yeah. Um, Everything revolves around football in our life, and so I I gave my wife a hard time because I did miss one practice, first practice I've ever missed in my life, and, um, yeah, I couldn't miss two. So we had to be there. I had to be there at practice the next day. I was running on fumes, but it was good.
0: It took a baby for you to miss a
11: practice. Yeah, I wouldn't have missed it for anything else, though. It
1: was good. Was it a prerequisite when you met your wife that she understand, love, football? Is she, like, in on it? oh yeah
11: she she loves she an auburn gal she is she graduated from auburn um so both of us going to school there obviously a huge football fan her grandfather was a college football coach at university of central arkansas um in the 50s and 60s and so athletics um she's familiar with it um she knew that we we'll have be moving across the country. She gave me a list of states. Um, I missed all of them by a thousand miles with our first kid. So
1: um,
11: <laughs> I'm definitely trying to make up for it now. But um, we've, we've enjoyed uh, Utah so far and, and living here in and around Provo and, and just the people. It's been great.
0: How have you changed as a coach since you came to BYU?
11: I wouldn't necessarily say that I've changed in any regard. I think I've become a better coach. I think I've uh, developed more um, being around our staff, um, from Coach Satake down. uh, Our offensive staff, we work well together. Our players here do a great job of challenging us to be better coaches each day. We're going to raise the bar for them, make them feel uncomfortable so that we can demand growth from them and, and they can improve. But at the same, we ask this for that in return from them. And I think they do a great job of asking great questions, um, understanding our scheme, trying to be a better football player and a better person off the field each and every day. And so that's what we want to do most. But as far as being a different coach, um, I think being a better coach here, um, challenging me to continue to be open-minded, to learn um, and grow each and every day as an offensive line coach is, is something that BYU's provided for me.
1: From last year's team to this, uh, some experience was lost in the central interior of the offensive line and Tijon at center and, and Tooney Kanuch and Kean Norman in the guards. Who's competing at those positions?
11: Well, we're always going to play the best five guys, regardless of position, whether they've ever played center or they've ever played guard or tackle, whatever that may be. We're going to play the best five offensive linemen. Um, We're going to find out who those guys are really quickly. We'll find out who the next five are. And so, even if you're number six and somebody gets hurt in a game, we're going to put the next best player in the game. We're not going to necessarily just only play left guard. You know, I think I believe in cross training guys, I believe in having them learn overall scheme, uh, understand techniques that you're going to have to use to play every position. Are there some, some, players that were going to move less, that we're going to move more? Absolutely. Are there going to be guys who have settled in at one spot or the other? Yes. But even if you just play tackle, you know you need to know how to play right and left tackle. You need to know how to play multiple positions. But in an effort to get the best five guys on the field, it's going to require some musical chairs at times. And I don't think if anyone has looked at where I've coached and then where Jeff Grimes is coached, we're not afraid to change the lineup up front. And I think that you have to build the the cohesion throughout your group from top to bottom in your room and so a lot of developing chemistry amongst the five guys in the in the game some people can say well if you keep moving guys around you can't build that 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 cohesion you can't build that unique bond that you have to have with the offensive line and that that is true somewhat but you have to do that each and every day uh with your group and so I think that's our focus is developing our group uh, from top to bottom, making the coaching to the to, to your worst player uh, just like he's your best, and so making each guy better um, so that you can play the best five guys.
0: Ryan Pugh, BYU football offensive line coach, with us on BYU Sports Nation. It is 2018 Media Day. If there's a guy that understands the grind of facing and playing against a Power 5 schedule, it's you. You did it week in and week, week out in the SEC. BYU, in a lot of ways, is – Tackling a schedule like what you saw, and particularly on the road, what's the key to getting through a grueling schedule like this?
11: I think it's all in mentality. Um, The one thing we can control each day is our attitude and our effort in which we go to work with as a staff. And then as a player and as a group offensively, we can control our energy. I think attacking each day uh, with a positive energy and an outlook to get better each and every day is what you have to start with. I don't think you can look at the um, schedule as a whole and say, well, it's this. It's the toughest in the country. It's the, the weakest in the country. You have this game, I think you have to look at, uh, there's a 12, you have a 12 game season. It starts with Arizona, September 1st and Tucson. That's what we're focused on most. Um, it doesn't matter who we play after that. We've got to be ready to play Arizona week one. Uh, we will be as an offense and, and as an offensive line, especially, but you have to enjoy and embrace the competition. You want to be the best. You have to beat the best. You've got to play the best. And, um, I, Obviously, having experience coming from the Southeastern Conference as a player and a coach, um, that's going to allow us to coach our players better um, for the for the schedule that we have in front of us. But even uh, regardless of just the Power 5 schools, there's great. we have great schedule this season, all the teams on our schedule. You can't just say, well, we better be ready to play these four games or these five games. Well, we better be ready to play each and every week. And that's what I think a lot of people, um, having not – had experience in the SEC, they don't understand that 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 grind, like you talked about, it's it's each and every week. Anybody can beat anyone on any given day in college football. There's more parity than there's ever been uh, from top to bottom, um, and some people might want to disagree with that. But I think that as a whole, you have to be uh, focused each and every every week to have success, and you can't overlook anyone on your schedule. And so, for us to say that we got to win these games, we got to win week one at. September 1st at Arizona and that's that's our focus
1: were you a more intense player or are you more a more intense coach now
11: Uh, probably about the same Um, I was pretty intense as a player in a different regard Um, I was intense with myself so to speak I mean I I was not a very vocal uh, player I was more of a guy who tried to lead by example, um, trying to uh, establish what it's like to work hard, enjoy, bring energy. As a coach, um, I like to think I'm intense, but at the same time, a coach as an offensive line coach or any football coach, we're teachers. And so if I'm not teaching the game of football, That's what I do. That's what I want to be great at is a great teacher, and along with that comes intensity. But I think that's more personality rubbing off on our players, and and hopefully they're able to play with the passion in which I coach with and that I played with when I was a player.
0: What's your go-to phrase to motivate you guys? Um, That you
11: can say on the air. um,
1: Wow. (laughs) There are too many to think of?
11: (laughs) I I mean, I I don't know if I have a go-to. I think we can ask them. Well, you can ask my players, yes. I'm pretty sure they have a running list of one-liners. I have a long (laughs) list of those um, that are, you know, obviously we could say a few of them on the air, others that we uh, say short, quick prayers after. And so, (laughs) um, but uh, we like to have fun. Again, our group, uh, I think that this game of football is meant to be played uh, having fun obviously winning makes it more fun yes but the relationships you develop uh, having fun as a group uh, being able to play and and have success that's that's what the game's about so I'm intense and my guys know when it's time to have fun and when it's time to learn and when it's time to work and and those things and so we have a unique relationship and and a mutual respect in that sense
0: now I know that uh in the future, at some point you're gonna get some questions and you're gonna flip the script on us and ask us questions. I- I've seen a few come in since this interview started. So nice. you can go look at those and then we'll uh we'll scoot Will that to do, the next we time do them we get on, together. Uh,
1: Periscope or Instagram or Facebook or something.
11: <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. i I'm down for whatever. I yeah. see I was I don't sit with my computer in front of me, I'm just here oh, doing you this off the cuff. This is improv on my Part. I'm yeah, just trying to be the best me today on Sports Nation. You know? <laughs> we don't have a computer. Oh,
4: wait.
1: I'm told we got to go. Coming up. <laughs> Fred Ryan. Warner joins us. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> What's it like for him as a middle linebacker now?
0: And who's the toughest opponent BYU will face in 2018?
1: It's BYU, Smith.
0: Washington, Wisconsin, the someone else. ESPN's Trevor Maddich Whoa, answers Smith. that question and many more next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Maddich in the hizzy. You know it's a big fan.
0: BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back on 2018 BYU Football Media Day. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, hanging out in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, streaming on Watch ESPN, ESPN3. We're all over the place and always on demand anytime, anywhere. Uh, if you missed what happened and stayed of the program, not to worry. Let's recap with some BYUSN storylines.
2: It's your BYU Sports Nation Headlines.
0: Tom Holmo addressed many topics during State of the Program, including he believes independence will be the status quo for BOE through 2023 2024. He intends to try and balance out future schedules for BOE football in independence. And as far as formal talks go with ESPN and TV contracts, those are already taking place informally. They will begin formally next year. And the always. No, this year. Oh, sorry. This year, the omnipresent question about the BYU-Notre Dame football game was thrown out there again. Notre dame vs byu again? Still in conversations about making that happen in Provo.
1: Team USA in action right now in the Volleyball Nations League versus France. Former Cougars on the bench and on the court. The U.S. leads the match 2-1 to one and gets at least a point in this, meaning they've qualified for kind of the final tournament. They will advance, which is great news for Jake Langlois, Brendan Sander, and Ben Patch.
0: Another Team USA on the rugby side. Paul Asique and Sean Davies will start tomorrow for USA Rugby in a test match against Canada, 3 Eastern, and Halifax, Nova Scotia. The USA has won a record six test matches in a row. Let's make it seven. Joining us now in Studio B. Typically, it's a Maddich Monday, but it's a Maddich Friday on Media Day. It's Trevor
6: Maddich of ESPN. Hello, Welcome Trevor. back. Every day is six Saturdays and a Sunday, so that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
6: I like the way you view the world. That's right. It's it, better.
1: It was fun seeing your interaction with a fellow center, Ryan Pugh, as he left. Yes. The, just... You guys just speak the same language. It's like a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood.
6: Yeah, no, it's awesome. He uh I, I didn't know I didn't see a picture of him, but I knew a lot about him. And, and I introduced myself. He introduced himself. I'm like, and so I immediately asked him a question about the Auburn national championship. And boy, he took off. Yes, he, he took is, off, man. off he lit up. It. Yeah, it was it was really tremendous fun. It was about it was about a play call near the end. Uh, if he chooses to tell you guys what that is on the air, I'll leave that to him. <laughs> but it was uh, it was tremendous fun. That's the thing, though. I mean, there's so much that happens uh, in, in football between teammates that will never be told, right? And when you see a football player very often, it's like, okay, yeah, we connect. We know. Let's get down to it. Yeah. And so yeah. It's really fun. Do,
1: do you, are, like, are you as a center, do you remember most, if not every snap in the game and how that play went? Like, like LeBron James in the playoffs, remember when he was like, oh, I remember every play of this run?
6: The uh, There was a time when I could, uh, but having been hit in the head for a living for 12 years, now I'm glad you guys reminded me that I played here. Because I was like oh, okay. get out of yeah, here. Played here at BYU. That's really good. <laughs> you won a national championship, Trevor. I don't remember. I did. Yes. Yay! Uh, my, my teammates. I'm sure helped. Uh, the uh, no, but it's, I don't remember every play, but I, I remember some individual triumphs and I remember some individual not so triumphant things. That's the thing, though, is I travel the country and I talk to coaches. Uh, one thing about head coaches and assistants too, but head coaches especially. The 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 games they win, the good moments, they remember for just a short time, and then boom, they remember it. But then they put it out of their mind. It's a past history. They don't want to think about it. The losses eat them forever. Forever. For all eternity. Every loss. And they can tell you every single play in every single loss whatever. I was talking to Steve Spurrier at his office at the University of Florida just a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about his time at Duke. And when they won the ACC championship uh, at Duke, that was the first time in their history. And he was saying, oh, yeah, and our fullback, he got hurt, and the backup came in. Tells me the backup's name, height, and weight. Tells me the plays that he did. Talked about how that affected other people. And then these other backups had to come in, and he starts naming the backups. And then, you know, in the, the there was a second and three in the third quarter where, you know, the, the TV didn't show this, but when this guy did that. Every single detail. That's crazy, right? And so this is this is football. It's consuming. It's a passion, and it's it's an emotional connection, which is why you remember it. Very cool. ESPN's Trevor Maddich
0: with us on 2018 BYU football media day, right now. Coming off of a four and nine season, yet BYU having the history that it has and a winning tradition. How would you define the state of the program?
6: State of the program is strong. Last year was an anomaly. And we talk about that emotional connection. The emotions last year were almost exclusively, horrifically bad. And so people remember those things, as they should. I mean, that's part of the passion of college football. But keep this in mind, too, about last year. You know, People make excuses. The coaches would never say what I'm about to say. But as an analyst, you can look at reasons why things happen, good and bad. And last year was a a cavalcade of awful that caused dominoes to fall on both sides of the ball. The BYU just couldn't overcome. And most teams wouldn't be able to overcome. Starts with injuries. They, they had three different quarterbacks start multiple games because of injuries at the quarterback position. Who's going to overcome that, by the way? Unless you're Alabama that's got depth like crazy. BYU is, is more of a normal football team, right? Running back position was decimated by injuries. Um, so they couldn't get any continuity in those positions. The receivers too often didn't fight hard enough for balls. Now, not all of them, not always, but enough that opposing defenses didn't worry about BYU receivers last year being able to consistently beat them deep. So what they did was they attacked the line of scrimmage like crazy. Quarterbacks rotating in because of injuries. Running backs rotating in because of injuries. Receivers not scaring defenders deep often enough. Some individuals did some good things. They are now attacking the line of scrimmage on run and pass downs. That made the offensive line look a lot worse than it was. That held the score down. And in eight of their losses, they only managed 17 or fewer points. So the defense doesn't have a chance to get short fields from turnovers as much because you get turnovers when the opposing quarterback has to throw. And you can cause him uh, to make an errant throw because of pressure or a strip sack in the pocket. Many turnovers, if not most, happen because you're pressuring the quarterback. But it's hard to pressure the quarterback when he's just like three steps gone, three steps gone, because they have the lead, right? So this dominoes that all fell, all added up to the season that BYU had. Now, that's not making excuses. They would never say this because I think the coaches and the players would think that's an excuse. But actually it's a reality and it's an anomaly. This year, if they stay relatively healthy, if they get an even break with injuries, I think things are stacking up for BYU football to perform at a level that will make the fans, fans proud.
1: If BYU played Arizona this week, tomorrow, for example, who do you think would be the starting quarterback? That's the big question right now with this team.
6: Yeah, it really is. You know, Bo Hodge took the first team reps in spring. But right now, I don't think they know who it is. And I, and I can't tell you who I think it is. I can tell you the qualifications of of who it will be. Uh, there, there are basically three things. One is, who does the team believe in? Because the guys in that huddle, they'll know who they have the best chance to win with. They, they'll know. And so that who do they believe in? That's thing number one. Thing number two is knowledge of the offense. BYU actually has a really good stable, potentially, of wide receivers, pass-catching tight ends, and running backs this year. The quarterback doesn't need to be Lamar Jackson of Louisville, you know, winning the Heisman Trophy and running around like a madman making plays. Just distribute to the right place at the right time. And the third thing is accuracy. You know, you've got to be able to get the ball there. It has to get where you want it to go. Now, you limit mistakes, all the other things you need to do. But if the team believes, the team will believe in the guy. him to be the starter that guy will be able to process information quickly and know where to get the ball and then he will have the accuracy to make sure the ball arrives there when and where it's supposed to be and because of the nature of the guys competing for this job I think that whoever does earn the starting job will be able to do those things at a high enough level for BYU's offense to look completely different than it did last year
1: yes or no could it be a freshman in your
6: opinion yep Sure could. Okay. Yeah, it sure could be a freshman. You know, Zach Wilson coming in. He's you know, we don't know what he is. We know what he was in high school. Very exciting. But we'll see if he can be that guy. Joe Critchlow, I thought, showed a lot last year when he started the last three games. You know, last year he just came off his mission. You know, he didn't didn't expect to be around. Next thing you know, he's starting for the Cougars. Three and, games, so, yes. and so the but he's got Uh, I think that mental capacity, I think he's got the potential for accuracy. Bo Hodge, I think, is a guy that's underrated around here. I mean, he got into a game a couple of years ago where he was sort of thrown in, not expecting to be there, went in. It was a bad situation. He didn't perform well. Boom, he comes out, and I think that's what BYU fans, you know, that was their, their view of him. You know, then at Utah State, he was doing really well last year before he got hurt. Oh, yeah. You know, so I think Bo Hodge is a guy that's got the ability to compete for that job. And of course, Tanner Mangum started a lot of games around here. So, you know, there, then there's another guy, Hall, I think it is, right? Aaron Hall? Yeah, I just came off a mission. So the point is, you've got guys that have some combination of experience, the mental capacity, and the the physical capacity that when it all gets shaken out, they'll get the best out of each other and somebody's going to come out the top and he'll be fine. All right, Trevor, we've got 30 seconds left in this
0: interview. Uh, let's just ask you a true or false question. True or false, BYU going to a bowl game will be and should be viewed as a success this season.
6: True. Okay. True. Just because of the, uh, the, the schedule is such that BYU can be monumentally better than it was last year and still not win nine games. Now, it's not out of the question, but I think fans need to understand that they need to see the things that are indicators of progress, and cool. they will see those things. All righty. Trevor, great stuff. Great yeah, to, have you back, to have you back, in It's studio. great to be here, It's guys. like Thank once you. a
1: year, and it's great to have you. It's awesome. <laughs> we'll get back
6: to Mondays. We'll probably. Exactly. Calendar will be happy.
0: Awesome.
1: <laughs> Coming up, Cougars in the NFL later today, including our next guest.
6: Uh, yes. The
0: 49ers' first defensive selection in the 2018 Whoa, NFL draft, Fred Warner, back in Studio B. What was his first NFL purchase? And what makes him confident things will get better within BYU football's Does program? Does he have
1: more in his wallet than I do? Yes.
0: I'll answer that for you right now.
2: BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Cougars in the NFL coming up at 4 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio with Fred Warner, Jamal Williams, interviews with Ziggy Ansah, Taysom Hill, among others. That's coming up at 4
0: Eastern. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, our daily and rebroadcast. As a reminder, airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. In Studio B, once again, now in from the Bay Area, as a member of the San Francisco 49ers, is rookie linebacker Fred Warner. Fred, welcome Hello, back.
1: Fred. Hello. It's, it's, I never left. It's <laughs> like here. you never left. Yeah. yeah. Where you been? Yeah, Yeah. No. Now you're with the Niners. We've been watching, uh, you know, videos and reading articles, and whatnot. What, OTAs. What, what have the last few months been like for you? Getting drafted and now you're in the NFL, man.
12: Yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to play real football yet, um, so I'm looking forward to that when I get back. But um, yeah, just getting getting adjusted to the NFL life. You know, it's it's a lot different now. You know, it's a business, and uh, you know, got a lot of veterans on the team, trying to get acclimated with them, earn their respect, and learn a whole new play, but whole, learn a whole new position. Uh, and so it's, it's a lot, you know, and, uh, just trying to take it one day at a time and do, and do my best, obviously.
0: Yeah. What do you think about playing middle linebacker in the National Football League?
12: Uh, it's good. It, it, so far, um, you know, I feel like it's kind of like, I feel like honestly, it's my natural position just being out there. Um, you know, I'm confident, uh, you know, with the, with the calls and being able to, you know, make checks and stuff like that. So, uh, I haven't had a problem with any of that. Just, you know, being catching on the playbook, um, but like I said, when the pass come on, it's probably a little different. So we'll we'll see how that adjustment is. But you know, I'm I'm looking forward to
1: it. I believe it was at the Senior Bowl where that idea was first introduced. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, so who who was it that said, "Hey, what if we put you at middle? Do you remember who or when or what?
12: I mean, I just remember coming to the Senior Bowl and like. They, they, uh, I think they just kind of had like what everybody's position was gonna be for that week, or where everybody was, you know, slotted at, and they had me at middle, and so I was like, okay, I don't know if like the coach, that coaching staff mm-hmm. wanted to see that, or if like other teams wanted to see that, so they asked the team to put me at that position. I don't know. So, you know, I'm glad that it happened though, because I got good film at that position from the game and then that practice week, um, and it got me to where I where I'm at right now.
1: Just with all the skill set that you have, and and your rangy ability to just kind of do whatever. I always felt like outside was a better fit, but do you feel like you feel like middle is your natural position?
12: Yeah, I I mean honestly I do. Uh you know, all that other stuff, being able to play in space and cover and covering all that stuff kinda helps me to be able to play this position now. Um, you know, it only like I said, it only helps me um to be able to do
0: what what they're asking me to do. So Fred Warner with us on BYU Sports Nation. How was the NFL draft experience different than what you anticipated it would be? Hmm.
12: Um that's a good question uh, you know I didn't I didn't really know what to expect I mean especially like you know where you're gonna land everybody says that or my agent would tell me that you know it could be somebody that you've been talking to that you visited or it could be somebody you've never even spoken to uh, so I, I kind of just was um, you know taking it all in I was with some of my family and friends didn't make it too big um, but you know I kind of knew I was gonna go on that second day and I'm sure everybody else was you know everybody who was there they wanted me to go as soon as possible so when picks you know kept going and going and my name wasn't called yet you know they started getting a little a little down i can kind of feel that but i i, I knew like i knew that i was i was gonna go where i went and so i wasn't um nervous about it at all and uh you know the call was
0: you know it, it was what it was i thought it was miami fred i thought it was miami <laughs> but it was san francisco Right. What, what made you think that well, you worked out for them a couple of times. Okay, you yeah, know, visited, know okay. some people down there.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know a few guys.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Dolphins, okay. right. your favorite animal, I think, or something. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did yeah. any? Did anyone call you near the oh, draft? Not. Where where you're no. like don't okay. Because no. that's always the thing where I'm like, do not call yeah, the guy no, that, while he's waiting, right?
12: <laughs> that would have been bad because, that, I mean, my phone would vibrate because, like, Twitter notifications or something. I'm like, oh, but no, nah, it wasn't the call. <laughs> I'm thinking it's a call. I'm like, oh, it's a call. But no, nah, it wasn't the call. But, Did um, you
1: work out for and talk to Niners people beforehand or were they one of the teams that didn't have any contact?
12: Oh, no, I, I visited. It was one of my 30 visits I, I mm-hmm. took. Uh, and on that visit, you know, they, they expressed how interested they were in the top player I was and, and person. And so, um You know, I had a good feeling about them all along, and obviously I landed where I was, and it's been great ever since.
0: Now, I I feel like there should be some validation because of the GM that drafted you as Mm -hmm. one of the all-time defensive greats. Mm -hmm. What's your relationship like with the head coach and the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers?
12: Yeah, so far it's been it's been awesome. I mean, John Lynch, he he's from San Diego, a San, Diego San Diego guy, so we have that connection there. Uh, he played at an extremely high level uh, in the NFL, and so the fact that he had that interest in me and to be able to, you know, draft me where I where I was drafted, that means I have a lot of confidence. In it's what I can John do. Lynch, man. I mean, yeah, he's the man. I mean, he, everybody knows that, especially around that facility. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's. It's just a process. I'm just taking day by day, man, and, and you know, not getting caught up too much in, uh, you know, in the in the process. Just kind
1: of, you know, taking day by day. What are you looking forward to the most about playing in the NFL?
12: Hmm.
1: Good question. Thank uh, you for. It. <laughs> yeah, probably
12: uh, you know, just uh, competing against some of the guys that you watch on TV just growing up, you know. It's crazy being in the same locker room as, as Richard Sherman right now. You know everybody calls him Uncle Sherm just because he's the, he's the old <laughs> vet. He's the old vet in the locker room. Um, from my Seahawks, bro. From your Seahawks, yeah. who we will beat this year. Yes, no, no. I'll take a split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's just it's just cool and uh to now be now be a part of that and to be able to compete against those guys is is great.
0: Question in on Twitter from Matt Tyson Peterson says, I'd love to ask Fred, what is the most exciting aspect of playing with the 49ers? Hmm.
12: Uh I mean there's a lot of excitement just around that our, our program right now. Um especially with the pieces that we brought in, you know, with Jimmy G. Jimmy and what GQ. He did. Jimmy GQ, man. He's he's the man over there and uh it shows in his play and the way he carries himself out there on the field. Uh, and what he was able to do at the end of the season and the way we finished that part of the season, uh, you know, it's all—it's just going to propel us into this upcoming season. And um, so we're really excited.
1: There was an article that said uh, you were so loud on defense that – Kyle Shanahan on the offensive side could hear you. Is yeah. so that something you want to make sure the head coach can hear you? Right. Yeah, I actually <laughs> didn't even.
12: I actually didn't even know that was the case until I seen it, like, in or until somebody at like a reporter asked me about it. And I was like, I don't even know that because nobody ever told me to like quiet down or something. But no one's I was going to
1: tell you to quiet. Exactly. Down. Yeah. Louder. Right. Right.
12: So I mean, I for sure rather be told to tone it down and to speak up, and that just show. I mean, me being loud, that's just kind of how I am on the field, and. um it just shows I have confidence in what I'm doing.
0: What happened to you, Fred? Yelling at everybody? You're taking out training guys when you're getting ready for NFL uh, Combine day. Yeah, they they should have yeah, never videoed that.
12: That was a fun that. video, dude. They should have never videoed that. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I
1: think that got you ten higher spots or something. Really? They're like, this dude's tenacious, <laughs> <He's> knocking <laughs> no. over fools in practice.
12: Hey man, if it did, I'm thankful. It for got it you did. some money. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey.
0: What do you – we'll finish with this. What do you expect from your brother Troy and this BYU football team that makes you confident that they can rebound from what happened last year?
12: Yeah, I mean, I, I expect them to obviously um, go out and win every game. That's the expectation uh, every year. Um, I think we have the vets and the guy and the, and the pieces that, that are, uh, are there um, to be able to do that. And, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of leadership and the team's got to be really tight it. Um, I see that right now. I mean, I was working out with him this this morning, and I see it. Um, And Troy, you know, obviously I always expect the most out of Troy, regardless of if he's coming off injury or not. I think that he can be the best at his position and at what he does because, you know, he has the skill set. And it's just going to take, you know, that mindset and just continually uh, getting better.
0: Fred, great to catch up with you, man. Oh, always great. Always fantastic.
1: It's hard for me to root for a f- the 49ers, but I'm rooting for you, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know I'm that. rooting for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Fred. Yeah. You
0: know that's sincere if it's coming from Jim. That's legit, yeah.
1: <laughs> I never joke. Uh, coming up, what can you expect the rest of the day? We'll tell you.
0: Cougars in the NFL. You can look forward to that. Yeah. 4 Eastern on BYU TV and Fred's going to be on that show. With Fred Warner and Jamal Williams, both of who have uh, been on BY Sports Nation. We'll uh, neatly wrap up and recap every major thing that we learned today. You want a summary from an amazing two-hour show? Now is not the time to change
2: the channel. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most.
0: Shout out to all of today's guests on BYU Football Media Day. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play.
1: Coming up Monday, Tim Lacombe and Toops joins us to talk about the BYU non-conference schedule.
0: Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health and Unity The most DexterLaw.com. Let's give it to BYU Athletics, BYU Football, our crew at BYU Broadcasting. It's a huge effort to put on this two-hour production.
1: Absolutely, and it's just getting started. Yeah. There's much more the Entire media coming up. Not only web chats, but uh, studio shows. Also a shout-out to Jamal Williams, who's rocking a fanny pack yes. still. And I it's think it's, like it's a Louis Vuitton. A it's
0: like a Louis Vuitton yeah. fanny pack. So if you're gonna do it, where you do might, you even get that? You might as well go with Louis V or Gucci or something, right? Answer, right? Holy cow! Uh, our audio podcast always on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. If you miss state of the program, you can always stream that on demand. And again, if you miss any of this show, that's why we put it online so that you can relive it. Engage in it uh, whenever you want. Hashtag BYUS on all the social media platforms. So Final words, Jeremy?
1: Conversation continues on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hashtag BYUS. And we're doing some web chats coming up in Korean and Portuguese later, so stay tuned for those online.
0: All right. We we'll look forward to Cougars in the NFL. And there are the web chats. Lauren Frankham, ready to roll. Shout out to Austin Hoyt for Jeremiah Spencer. We'll see you on Monday.